0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. All right, let's do another deep dive here with Brandon Walker, Brian Haydad. I got that backwards, but you know, you know Which who. Who am I? A- answer this question and be totally honest. Who would you rather be? I mean. Yeah, exactly. So I, listen, why don't we just I, stick with who we are?
1: Frankly, right now, mm-hmm. with where you're at and where I, I'd rather be where you are right now than where I'm at.
0: That's true. It's true. The disease legions haven't completely taken over this state. So we'll see no, how
1: I am. Uh, I'm in beautiful, sunny New Jersey. You're, of course, in God's country. I'm Brandon Walker. That's Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me today, Brian. It's always glad.
0: To, I'm always glad to be with you. We didn't get this done last week. Our schedules, Brandon's schedule, as you might guess, is is robust. We'll use that it word. Is. So we, we were not we able to find some time, but we got some time here today. And we are glad to be talking with you another deep dive into a great MSU season. And today, Brandon's all-time favorite. This is the one for him. The 1995-96 MSU basketball team that runs all the way to the Final Four. Is that accurate? This is the number one?
1: This is my favorite team uh, in the history of our school. It's got some of my favorite athletes in the history of of our school. It's my favorite run we've ever had because it both – you knew it was going to happen, and it came out of nowhere. And, and as we get further in, I think you understand what I mean when I say that. You knew it could happen, and it came out of nowhere. We'll, we'll discuss all that. But it was just that two-week stretch, three-week stretch in March of 96 was my favorite time ever as a Mississippi State fan.
0: Yeah, I, I can't help but disagree, or agree with you on a lot of that because you know, I was in school at the time, and you know, football was okay. 95, that was not a great team. Uh, you, you were wondering if Jackie Sherrill, you know, you would had the first couple of good years and they had the good year in 94, but 95 was bad. And basketball, you know, you're coming off that sweet 16 year. You knew what you were bringing in, and you knew that this team was going to be really, really good from, from the start. Let's go all the way back to uh, Midnight Madness because that was – Well, the- I,
1: I think you need to – in fact, you almost alluded to it there, but I think to tell the story of the Final Four team, you've got to talk about the Sweet 16 team. Mm-hmm. Um because that's a team that's lost the history. Keep in mind, right now as we sit, we've been to two Sweet 16s in our history. Yes. And that was that 95 year, 94-95, was the first time it had ever happened. Yeah. And, but, you ended up, and boy, we got so close. Ty is for UCLA. We got so close to getting all the way to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. But, we ran into a buzzsaw. What happened was, in 95, we had a very good team. We beat Utah and Santa Clara in the first two rounds. mm mm-hmm. But we get to the Sweet 16, and we just got outmanned, out-talented. So, by
0: the the eventual national champions.
1: By yeah, 86-68, UCLA out in Oakland. So, But you knew you had a very good team. that had a very good run, best run ever in school history at that point. You knew you had something. You just you just got outmanned and out-athleted by UCLA, so you had to dip into somewhere and get you an extra man, an extra athlete. You go up to a community village in Northeast Mississippi. You, you do some uh, – well, I don't know that you do anything, but – Boy, what a summer school session that was had up in North uh, Mississippi! And you get that athlete, you get that guy, and all of a sudden you got a team that isn't going to get outmaned athletically by anybody.
0: Yeah, you get Dante Jones, who was the nation's number one uh, junior college player, a, a player that you know, honestly, if this this happens, you know, ten to twelve years later down the road, or maybe not even that long, maybe five or six years later down the road, probably just makes the jump straight to the NBA from junior college. You know, Kevin Garnett hasn't happened yet. Uh, Kobe Bryant hasn't happened yet in terms of going straight from high school. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it just wasn't a thing that was done. Dante Jones is a guy who would have gone in the first round of the NBA draft had he come out of uh, the community college ranks straight to there. And it gave MSU that explosive athlete, that, that guy that you could put in one-on-one situations and and get the win. And
1: uh, what, you had, what you had lost from the previous year, you lost uh, – a decent wing slasher, a good wing slasher, and Marcus Grant. Mm-hmm. You lost a veteran point guard, who I think was the two-year guy himself, T.J. Honore. Mm-hmm. And I think he have lost a uh, kind of a, a dirty, uh, a Brandon Vincent type in uh, Brian Price, yeah. I think. Yeah, And you correct. lost those three guys, but you, so you're replacing Honore with a guy who's been a freshman and who's been a, a really good player, had a great game, beating Rupp in 95, beating Kentucky and Rupp in 95, Marcus Fuller. Mm-hmm. And then you replaced Grant with Dante, you still got Russell Walters back. you got here back. you got Russell Wilson back. You're ready or Russell uh, – Russell Walters. Darrell Wilson. Russell Walters. Darrell Wilson. Yeah. I get ahead of myself. And you got all those guys back, and you're ready to roll.
0: Yeah. And we'll come back – I want to come back to Honoré a little later in this podcast. Uh, this was a team, though, there wasn't a ton of depth. You know, you had those five starters. You had Whit Hughes off the bench, who was sort of the guy who did a lot of the dirty work, uh, you know, rebounding. He could make the extra pass, but not much of a score. And then basically the rest of your rotation were a couple of freshmen, Tyrone Washington and Bart Heisch. Jay Walton got some minutes. Bubba Wilson got some minutes. But for the most part, you were only playing six, maybe seven guys major minutes the entire season. And that's something that, you know, back then you didn't see a lot. You saw a lot of depth back in the day If of teams playing eight, nine, ten guys. Nowadays it seems like you see a little bit more of these sort of tight rotations. Just looking at this team on paper, if you can somehow, you know, do that, Go back. going back, did you look at this team coming into the season as like, hey, they could they make a really deep run in the postseason? Or was it – because, you know, there was no YouTube or anything like that. We had never really seen Dante Jones. Was it – Right. We just sort of – depending on how good this guy really is.
1: Well, no, I absolutely thought Mr. State could make a run. In fact, I remember, you know, back in the day, not only still you don't got Lindy's and Athlon, but back in the day you had 10 to 12 uh, preseason magazines. And I remember collecting them that year – thinking it was going to be a big year. I remember the first time, I, the highest I'd seen them was fourth. Mm-hmm. They were fourth in the preseason. And I found a magazine, and I can't remember what it was, to have Mississippi State's second preseason nationally. So oh, wow. there were hopes. I mean, there were there were people planning on Mississippi State being very good because, yeah. again, you're bringing back the core of a Sweet 16 team, and you are adding a player that many think is going to be very good. I, I certainly planned on Mississippi State being good. I didn't know what that meant. Did it mean Final Four? Did it mean whatever? I thought it was going to be our best team we had, had to that point. So. What
0: what 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 age is Brandon Walker for this season?
1: Uh, 95 to ninety-six. So uh, let's see. My seventeenth birthday was the about a couple of weeks after after the Final Four. So okay,
0: so you're you're still in high school.
1: Uh, I'm in high school. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a junior in high school. I'm sixteen years old.
0: Okay. I am a sophomore in college uh, for this one.
1: Because you are significantly older yes, than
0: Yes, significantly older. That is, that is correct. Um, many years. Yeah, by, by a large margin in, in, in many aspects. Uh, so I'm going to go back to that, that midnight madness because that's my first chance to see Dante Jones. Yeah. Now, were you at this as well?
1: I was. I was. I remember uh, – I was there. I remember everything about it. I remember they brought a student out of the stands from West Point to shoot the half court shot, and he embarrassed us. And I was very mad about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it, it you? Was just, uh, it wasn't me. No, okay. it wasn't me. It was just this guy I knew from West Point. He went out there and he shot it one handed. Didn't get close, and I just felt embarrassed for my city, mm-hmm. uh, Point City. If you haven't uh, heard, yes. but I was there. the The atmosphere was great. I remember it was televised, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, I it was on ESPN. Was there. And oh, that tells you right there. That's a Mississippi State's Midnight Madness was on ESPN. Yeah.
0: And I remember they did a dunk contest, and Dante yeah. did something where he, he went off the backboard and caught it two-handed and, and flushed it. And I remember the uh, person who was on the court with him was like, I'm going to teach you a lesson right here. Don't ever do stuff like that when the cameras aren't rolling. Because they didn't get it. They didn't get it. Oh. But that was my that was my first... Uh, Impression of Dante Jones was this incredible slam dunk, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's incredible!" And yeah. you know, he did, pulled a couple of those out. Then they did a scrimmage, and he's shooting threes, and I'm like, "Who? Who is this guy? <laughs> right? Who, who? He can yeah. do it all. This guy's the best
1: player in the country." I mean, you look you, know, you look back at him, and he was just I mean, six seven. He's the best athlete on the floor. He can jump out of the gym. And he's just a. It's just it, it's incredible looking back that he didn't have a 15 year NBA career. I you know things happen, whatever, but. He, he was that type of guy. I believe he's the most talented. He's the best basketball player that's ever won. bird white. I know Bailey Howell's the NBA Hall of Famer. I know Bailey Howell had a better career, but as far as on the court, the ability to play basketball from a I don't talent think perspective, been,
0: yeah, ever
1: been better than Dante Jones? Yeah.
0: I agree with that. So they come into the season. Obviously, everybody all eyes are on Kentucky to start the season. They're probably, I think they were preseason number one. If they weren't, they were number two to start the year. Uh, them and UMass. You know, UMass had Marcus Camby. Uh, and yep. that was pretty much it for them. But Kentucky had a, an incredible roster. We talked to Richard Williams last week and he talked about, or two weeks ago, and he said, you know, this was a team that had nine guys that ended up playing in the NBA. You know, Walter McCarty had a long career. Antoine Walker had a long career. Derek Anderson, uh, Tony Dell, all those guys. You know, Ron Mercer, hey, Ron they,
1: Mercer? Yeah.
0: Was, a, was a top five pick or something like that, maybe a top three pick uh, in the draft. So, I mean, a ton, ton of talent, obviously. But Mississippi State's sort of right there with them, It's probably the second best team in the SEC preseason, and ended up being, you know, the case for, for the regular season as well. When you look at this team, the way they started in the regular season, you know.
1: Well, I remember this so vividly. I so I had saved up money uh, and bought season tickets. They were in section 217, row 11. They were not great seats. Mm-hmm. Um, the first night, I just remember my dad had a uh, a cousin of his in town. He wanted to impress him, so it was the first night I had bought the season tickets myself with my money, and he said, "I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take your uncle, and we're going to go uh, to the game." I was like, "These are my tickets," and they said, "No, we're going to the game." I said, like, "Fine, whatever." And I got all pissed, and lo and behold, all the expectations in the world, zero in one start. <laughs> what? Right? No. You, uh, Little Rock.
0: No, that was that was the fifth game of the year.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. All I'm that
0: sorry. build up, and you were wrong.
1: Well, no, I was wrong. Okay, so they started 4-0 and then lost that
0: one? Right. They started off the, the first uh, four games, they, they blew out three of their opponents. Southeast Louisiana, North Carolina, Wilmington, Brigham Young was a close game. You uh, don't have
1: to make me look bad. I just misremembered. I mean, I told you the to score. You just dropped another game.
0: F-bomb. Now I have to go in. What's the time on that?
1: God. <laughs> okay, my bad. I, okay, sorry. If you would just treat me the right way, if you, wouldn't, if you wouldn't have acted like that, I wouldn't have done it.
0: You've gotten to the point in your life now where you're so used to cursing that it's not even it's not even registering that you're doing it, is it? It's just like they're just coming out. I get it. So anyway, game four, they beat Troy one twenty-three to seventy-three. I believe that is still the uh, school record for points in a game. Uh, they win by fifty points. They're four-zero. Uh, they're ranked number nine in the country. Uh, I'm sorry, number eight in the country at this point. And then the game that you mentioned, uh, the Little Rock game. That Little Rock team is interesting. Obviously, Coach Wimp, Wimp Sanderson and Derek Fisher was on that team, and they score. State's up sixty, or the sorry, the game's tied sixty-eight all. Uh, Little Rock has a play under their own basket, an inbounds play. They get the play, they get the bucket. They win seventy to sixty-eight as the buzzer expires. And I'm telling you now, Brian Haydad, a guy who talks for a living now, didn't speak for about two hours after that game. I could not speak, Brandon.
1: Well, I got the uh, I got the lead up to the game wrong, but everything I said about my dad stealing my tickets was right. And yeah. I just remember listening listening to the radio and in my, in my uh, driveway and cussing my dad, cussing Richard Williams, cussing Dante Jones, cussing my dog, cussing everybody. Yeah, it was, so. it was it was it was rough. And but you know, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, we, we were the the day to day machinations of being a state fan and getting up and getting down and getting your heart broken. I mean, it's. it's We're talking about that was 24 years ago, and I'm still doing it today.
0: Yeah, and that was a really good uh, Little Rock team. We mentioned Derek Fisher. They also had Joe Stevens on that team, who was a guy who played in the NBA. Uh, They won. They ended up winning 23 games that year. So it's not like they were. You know, that's a a game that in 1995 is a huge deal. In 2020, those kind of games happen all the time. Yeah, that's true. The mid majors win those games all the time. It's just not that big a deal. Um, well,
1: it shouldn't. It shouldn't have been. A, I mean, you, anything, you got an NBA talent, Derek Fisher, leading the team, mm-hmm. and a coach, and a coach, in Wimp Anderson, who has no fear of coming into any SEC building at that point, right? Uh, and was just dying for his opportunity to do exactly what he did.
0: Yeah, and got the win,
1: State. And I think, and I think Richard Williams, the coach of Mississippi State, and Wimp Anderson were, were great friends then, and are good friends to this day. Yeah, uh, is Wimp dead? Is Wim Wimp's alive. Uh- I don't think no wimps alive. I
0: think he's still good. I think he's still kicking. Yeah, he's still good going. 82 years old. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Good, great well, he coach. Was
1: a, he was a character.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. State, uh, you know, drops that game. Then they go on a six-game winning streak. After that, they went at U.S.M. They beat. Uh, they went at Louisiana Monroe. I actually went to that game down in uh, in Monroe. Uh, they beat uh, Oregon State and Nebraska. Neutral site games. At the Rose Gardens in Portland, right? Isn't that where the Blazers play? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they went. They beat Oregon State and Nebraska. And then they start conference play, and they take the first two games on the road. They went at LSU and at Florida. They're back up at this point to number uh, 12 in the polls. And then what is at that time, that moment in time, the biggest game ever played in the hump. Kentucky comes to town on a Tuesday night, Super Tuesday. You'll remember Dick Vitale was supposed to call that game and didn't. And we have snow? Yeah, we had, there was bad weather, and he couldn't get in. Yeah. And so they ended up – I don't I don't remember. I think Clark Kellogg might have been the guy uh, for that one. And, of course, Kentucky – a game that, as I recall, was pretty close early on, but Kentucky eventually – I think Richard Williams said they went on a Kentucky run and ends up winning the game 74-56. At that moment with that game, are you thinking, okay, this team is good, but they're not on that level?
1: I just remember – I don't know that I had that mentality – at this point, I, I, there's a game coming up where it's set in that oh, maybe we're not very good. They were not as good as I wanted us to be. And you'll get to that game shortly, but the, the, the Kentucky game. I think I just came out of there thinking, all right, I just you know what, let's that's Kentucky. Mm-hmm. We win the rest of them, we'll we'll, we'll be all right because Kentucky's just going to do that.
0: Right. I mean, you're ten and two at this point. You still feel pretty good about yourself. You think you're going to be okay, but the problem is on the Saturday following that you lose again. You lose to Alabama on a on one of the craziest endings. This is a, this is a, a game. You know, if this this game happened these days, you'd see it on Sports Center for like a week. Yeah, but it's sort of been lost to the the the, the, the 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 to time in that. You know, in the final ten seconds, Marcus Bullard hits a, a shot to give State the lead, and then as at the buzzer, Eric Washington, Mississippi oh, you- native from Pearl, hits a three pointer to give Alabama the win as the buzzer goes off. So, State's lost two games here at the buzzer
1: already. So, um, I can just see from my seat, Eric Washington, on the left wing, right in front of his bench, just open as he can be, just mm-hmm. calmly hitting that shot. Mm-hmm. I can remember how it goes in. And this is another my dad's story, but <laughs> my dad and I were at the game, and my dad hates Alabama worse than I do. There were two Alabama fans beside us, and he had been cordial with them all day. And Eric Washington hit that shot, and my dad turns to to these guys he's been nice to all day and tells them to get the bleep out of this coliseum. They've already got football. They're not going to come in here and take basketball from him. Get the bleep out of here. And they left.
0: Appreciate the bleeps. Uh, I I really do. You're you're Uh, quite welcome. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, what a crazy ending, though. I remember Bullard, I remember I was in the student section sitting, you know, back when the student section had center court down. So I'm probably between center and. That when ball. we had a student
1: section is what you're talking about. Yeah, to say? something
0: like that. Yeah, and you know, Bullard hits that shot, and we're going crazy. All right, we've won the game, and no, it was not not meant to be. And those people forget how good Alabama was during the '90s. Look, they had some really good teams, and they they those teams were built on Mississippi players: James Robinson, Antonio McDice, Eric Washington, all those guys, Mo, Mo Williams, all came from Mississippi.
1: Those Alabama teams. That wasn't the best one, but Alabama and Mississippi State and that sport in the 90s was just, yeah. It was crazy. And it would stay that way all the way through the Sandsbury years. Alabama and Mississippi State would just have wars and they would just do things to each other. But watching Washington hit that shot. That's the moment I just sat in my seat and, like, all of this build up and we've lost two FEC games. This is the end of the world.
0: Yeah. And then state, you know, they come back the next the next game. They beat Ole Miss at home. Not a good Ole Miss team. They only win by a six. You know, if you remember, the year before they had beaten Ole Miss by I want to say like thirty five points. At, at the no they,
1: state has a period here where they're sluggish, and, and, and Dante's Dante is not really fitting into the grand scheme of things, and it, it's just not really.
0: He sits out a game at some ball. point here too, right?
1: He does. I know. I know there were a couple of games where he would get bent early.
0: Well, I mean, there was one game where he was suspended, right?
1: That I don't remember.
0: I think that they were questioning his transcript, and they sat him out for a game. I want to say that—that's correct. I don't
1: remember that at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, so they were sloppy, and like you said, the uh, the next two games they lose. They lose at Arkansas and at South Carolina, and so now all of a sudden you're eleven and five, and you're three and three in the SEC. I'm sorry, you're two and four. I'm sorry in the SEC. No, I'm sorry, three and five. I'll get it right eventually. Um, Probably not. We'll see. I guess. Anyway. And you're thinking, yeah, they just have not played well. And even in the next three games that they win, they beat Tennessee by one, they beat Georgia yep. by three, they beat Auburn by three in overtime. I remember that game pretty vividly. Daryl Wilson sort of had to rescue Mississippi State from that one.
1: Was that, was that on the road?
0: No, that's, that's, the, yeah, that's the one on the road, yeah.
1: So I believe there was an ice storm. Yeah, there was an ice storm, and uh, that might have got moved from Saturday and and to Sunday. It was a Sunday game, you're right. The Georgia game was a Tuesday night and uh, maybe a Wednesday night, but I think it was a Tuesday night, and I just remember somebody hitting a big late three, like Georgia should have beat us, somebody hitting a big late three, and uh, we ended up winning that, probably Daryl Wilson if I had to guess. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just sluggish basketball. Sluggish. Even the we are just not pretty.
0: Then you get a couple of good wins in a row. You win, you beat Arkansas at home. There's your Super Tuesday win. Dick Vitale makes his first appearance at the home. People don't understand, by the way, young people especially, what it meant to have Dick Vitale at a basketball game in 1996.
1: I, uh, I, I, uh, we were out of school because the ice storm had happened that weekend, mm-hmm. and it, it changed the Auburn game. And we were still out of school because there was ice everywhere. And I remember picking up my friends Matt and Ken, and we drove to the MSU bookstore at 130, and I bought a book, holding court with Dick Vitale, which I still have. He signed it. I mean, he was having autograph sessions. It was it a was, it was big deal. It yeah. was
0: huge. Yeah, I mean, that – you know, Dick Vitale at a college basketball game in 1996 was like getting college game day now.
1: Were you at the game?
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely.
1: I, I remember him. I remember him. The super section was full early, as it always used to be. Mm-hmm. I remember him taking the court by himself and shooting. shooting yeah. Basket.
0: He shot free throws, and, and yeah, he, he he would miss a couple. And he looked at it and like, I'm not leaving this spot until I hit ten in a row. They can start the game, and I'll still be here.
1: Yeah. So, he was uh, – he, he, it was a big deal back then. Not yeah. so much anymore, but it was... Uh, at that time, and, and yeah. I re- and I remember, I think Mississippi State had a second-half run to create some space, and that's when... I don't know if that's exactly when they started rolling, but in my mind, that's when they started rolling.
0: So, I have a story to tell about this game and uh, how Brian Haydad affected policy at Mississippi State.
1: Oh, yes. You're the, uh, you're the Houston Smith of that day.
0: Yes, I was. So, back in the day... You know this, this is I, the student section where the where the um, you know ran from the center court to behind the bucket, right. and those seats that are now the premium seats, those were just student section seats. So yeah. when we would come into the uh, the hump and we always got there super early trying to get seats, everybody yeah. would fight for those center court seats. We could just roll on down to those seats, and nobody yeah. was usually there. And back in the day, the referees would just follow the home team in after the or during the you know at halftime or whatever. Yeah, So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was John Clogarty. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Whoever the officials were, at halftime, they come by, and young Brian Haydad, he gave them a piece of, of his mind. He gave them the business. Oh, and yeah. I promise you that nothing more profane has ever been said on Barstool than what I said that day. I had quite a few words to, to, to throw at them. And Bobby Tomlinson, who I believe still works for Mississippi State, Comes yep. over to me and looks at me and goes, "If you say another word like that, you're out of
1: here forever." And I'm just like, "Very good." And have you, have you, in your capacity in recent years, ever talked to Bobby Thompson about no, that? No, I never have, and I probably should.
0: But yeah, but so the rest of the game, I was, I respectfully disagree. Right. That is an outrageous call. Final six. <laughs> exactly. The next year, the refs are going through the middle. They're no longer oh, yeah. going that way. Yeah,
1: no. I remember the West going through the middle. I don't remember ever going through the home team, but uh, I believe I believe when you say that going yeah. through that tunnel, but I I can vividly remember them in years after that going through the middle.
0: Yeah, I, I I want to believe that that's a Brian Haydad rule. So good for me.
1: I would I would be angry if it wasn't.
0: Yeah. So state beats Arkansas, like you mentioned. You know, they 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 went on a big run in the second half to grab control. The next week or that next Saturday, they go to Oklahoma. I, I don't know if this was like the early. SEC Big 12 Challenge. I don't think that was the, the case. I think yeah. they just had a, a non-conference game in the middle of the conference play. But they win that game. They win six, yeah. 76-71. Darrell Wilson had a big game in that one. And you think, okay, they're, they're back on track. They've won five in a row. They're up to 16-5. and five. Uh, At this point in the season, they're ranked, that's the, uh, what, the, tw- the 10th of February. They're, ranked, they're back in the top 25. Yeah, they dropped out. And then they go to Ole Miss and lose. To a bad Ole Miss team, I was at that yeah. game. We went to Oxford. Uh, they were just—they just were out of sorts all game. Uh, I will tell a story again that you know, if he's listening, I saw you do it. Uh, now, Ole Miss athletic director Keith Carter swung at Dante Jones in that game. There was yeah. a, a turnover. The ball goes up court. Everybody's following that. Don—I forget. Ole Miss scored on that play. So, so Keith Carter sort of snowbirding a little bit. Dante said something to him. He took a swing at him. It happened, and I'll I'll swear in court that it happened. And I've got other witnesses that were with me. It happened. Well, and uh, no if you referees saw The law, Ole Miss
1: though. athletic director, you might have to swear that in court. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that said, State goes up there and they just they just lay an egg. This was this yeah. was, in my opinion, the worst loss of the season. Ole Miss was terrible that year. State had no business losing to them, uh, but they did. Now you're sixteen and six, and you're thinking okay this team they they're clearly not as good as we hoped they would be. That's yeah. my thought This is the point for me where I get on board where I'm like okay they' they're just not as good as I thought they were going to be
1: no i'm just I'm just hoping let's, let's see what feed we get, let's see if we can do a little things so we're gonna be we're gonna be a tournament team, but uh I don't know, we'll just see
0: yeah. They win the next uh, two games. They, they beat LSU. Yeah. State had a lot of success. Richard Williams had a lot of success against LSU for whatever reason. A lot of
1: success, Beat yeah. Chris
0: Jackson, beat Shaq, beat beat those teams even pretty the, regularly. Uh,
1: yeah, even, even the good LSU teams in the early
0: 90s. Yeah. Then they go to Alabama and win. I want to say – I could be wrong about this. I want to say State went on some sort of ridiculous run in this game. Uh,
1: to start the game, I believe uh, – my, my image I remember from that game, I have two of them. I remember uh, Eric Dampier knocking the ball out of Roy Rogers' hands, stealing the ball. Took it all the the way. And taking it all the way for a dunk. So this is the same
0: game then. Okay, yeah.
1: And I remember Dante having a – he had one against Tennessee too, but he had a a dunk coming down the lane, jumped up. A a defender jumped with him. He brought it down to the shoulder. He double-clutched and still dunked it. He had had one of those against Tennessee and one of those against Alabama. Yeah, Uh, But – it was one of those games where we had lost to Alabama at home, and then we just kind of exerted our will, like, no, that, that's not how it should have happened. Right.
0: So you win this game. Now you're 18-6 and six on the year. You lose at Vanderbilt, the second-to-last game of the year, Memorial Gymnasium, yeah. always a place where State has, has struggled. And then you, you have to beat Auburn to win the West uh, yeah. on March 2nd. Another, another side story for me here. So I had a friend who was in media relations. I, I didn't know what media relations was at the time, but I knew he worked with the athletic department.
1: Oh, uh, that's the team. That's the people that handle the relations for the media. Thank you.
0: And I, I didn't know that. So he told me that you know the line trying to get seats was forever. He's like, look, yep. if you will come help me at halftime with what we have to do, I will give you a pass, and you can get in there before everybody else.
1: This so, your first press pass ever? Yes. Yes,
0: and huh. God only—I did not know at the time how that was how that was going to turn out. But anyway, so I'm in the hump a good 30 minutes before they open the gates. The gates yeah. open. I'm already standing row one where I want to sit. My friends yeah. come down. We're good to go. So at the half, what I had to do was drag the uh, giant uh, advertising banner out to the half court, which I, I want to say was like Deposit Guarantee Bank or whatever they sponsored. Whoever sponsored the half court shot. Yeah. As we're standing there, ready to drag this out, there's like there was some, there was a shot clock controversy at the end of the first half. Uh huh. So I'm just standing there, five feet from Richard Williams, who is giving the refs the business. He's saying the same words I said. To, yeah. <laughs> but well, but, Bobby but Bobby Thomas, Thomas is not messing him. with him. No, no, sir. And I'm just standing there like this is really really cool. And uh, what, the other thing I remember from that game is uh, Bubba Wilson hitting a three.
1: In yeah, the final moments. Yeah. And that yeah. that
0: to this day is still the single loudest moment I've ever had in the
1: hump. Yeah, that was loud. And I remember I guess we just did it out of habit or whatever. I remember we we rushed the court. Yeah. We, well I mean you won part the, part the you won
0: the SEC West at
1: that point. You won the West, but I mean I, it, you know it it I guess winning the West back then felt like a bigger deal it than, did. than it does now. It did. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, at this point, the West has only been around for what three seasons, four seasons. That's so, true. So, yeah. you know, it was a big deal because you knew you were going to hang a banner. So,
1: first time we won it too, because like, Arkansas would have won it the year. Before. Yeah, they would have. Yeah,
0: this, that's a good point. That's the State's first SEC West championship, so it's, it's worth it. Yeah. So the, the regular season ends. You're 19 and seven. I, I would say that you know it's fair to say that team underachieved a bit. They lost some. They lost probably two or three games they had no business losing, but they yep. did lose them. And then they're but going. Boy. To, yeah.
1: Boy, the second half of this phone call is gonna be fun.
0: <laughs> so here's here's what I remember going into the SEC tournament. Yeah, That state always sucked at the SEC tournament.
1: They had never Brian, I can't remember ever enjoying an SEC tournament before this one. I, I remember ninety one we go in as the one seed. Right. To lose the first round. To Tennessee. And, and and then and then you know, we Richard Williams which we, we had never done well at the at the SEC tournament. And right. this one was in this one was in New Orleans. Um, I I don't remember going in with any expectations of winning. Right. But it just it just built and it built and it built.
0: And the previous year, you know, you were the uh, the two seed in the West. and You played Florida, who was not a great team that year, and you lose lose by sixteen. So you, I think at this point, I'm correct in saying State had never won an SEC tournament game. Never.
1: I don't know that I can uh, vouch for that, or, or I, I don't, I can't disprove that one way or the other.
0: I f- I feel pretty good about it. But you've got the, the, the game won by so you'd only play on you play on Friday, you get Auburn again, a team that you know you you just beaten them, uh, yeah. and that and that can be tricky sometimes. You know, and, but yeah, but
1: yeah, yeah, but I, I remember Auburn that year; they were they were terrible. they
0: interesting team. I looked at them before this. They they were not, they won nineteen games, but they were six and ten in the conference. They were just really good yeah. non conference that year. Um, yeah,
1: they were they were they were. Who was who has been the coach? Is this, is this a early Cliff Ellis year, or just about to become Cliff Ellis? Head coach
0: remember. is Cliff Ellis, yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah,
1: so he's, he's, he's beginning yeah. to build what would be an Elite A team in 99. Yeah, now. Wes
0: Flanagan was the, the leading scorer with Lance Weems on that team. Yeah, Pat Burke yeah. also played in the, in the NBA for a few years, average, you know, was their leading rebounder. They were a decent team. I think they, they ended up in the NIT, but they were not, yeah, not a great team. And, and you beat yeah. them, again, you beat them by double digits. You're going to play Georgia, you know, a yeah. team that you had, uh, had beaten in, earlier in the season. But that's a good Georgia team. Like you said Sweet, earlier, this
1: is a Sweet Sixteen team. Sweet wow.
0: Sixteen team. Um, is Tubby Smith? The, yeah, Tubby Smith is the head coach there. Uh, Shandon Anderson on that team. They, I mean, they had good players. Um, Gigi Smith. Oh my gosh, I forgot about him. Yeah,
1: that uh, guy. I remember him hitting shots against us that were ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So, not only do you win this game, you handled them pretty easily. Eighty-six, sixty-eight.
1: This was the game. Yeah, because you, you, I remember going in thinking we had beaten them at home, but we had you know we had a home road thing going that year when we would go lose to a bad team like oh man so this is a neutral site it's not at home You think all right we got them once they'll get us here and then whatever but we I just remember just thumping them and it was a good team
0: yeah yeah I mean a, a really solid like so they ended up being a Sweet Sixteen team um, that season
1: and boy if they had just hmm. That's Week 16 game. If they have won that, we're, we're we're having a different conversation today.
0: Oh yeah, because they 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 played Syracuse. Yeah, and,
1: Syracuse and they lost by two. A miracle. They Syracuse lost by had two. a miracle to beat them. Is that the
0: John Wallace shot?
1: It was a uh, two shot. It yeah. was uh, Jason Caponis Kap- uh, or Kip. Uh, it was I don't remember his name. Uh, Chris Caponis something hit a shot that shouldn't have counted to tie it, and then John Wallace hit the shot to win it later. Yeah.
0: So yeah, completely different. You know, they're talking about a butterfly effect for sure. Yeah. Um. And then you come to this game, the game that uh-huh. maybe this is one of the top five wins in Mississippi State history, regardless of sports. We talked about the biggest wins on the on the Thunder and Lightning podcast uh, last week, and, and we were we said this it's either this or Cincinnati for us. That, that's I mean I, I think we picked this one because this was the game that made the, you don't beat Cincinnati without this game.
1: You don't, but I would still pick Cincinnati because of what the stakes. But but I. I... This is one of my favorite games ever. I, I just remember the entire afternoon vividly. I did not go. Did
0: you go? No, no. I was not in New Orleans for this.
1: No, I was not either. I was in West Point, Mississippi on uh, Truman Creek Road just watching it at home. So and It was uh, a
0: spring break. I mean, this is, uh, I was at home in Vicksburg. A friend of mine was getting married uh, this weekend, so we went to her wedding. Uh, the Saturday, dur- the reception was during the Georgia game. We kept yeah. ducking out to the parking lot to listen to Jack for like 10 minutes at a time. And then we'd so come back in. Not- yeah.
1: On Sunday, uh, and and yeah, it was, and it set the tone. I remember Mississippi State started hot here. Yeah, and started hot because Dante Jones was. Uh, at this point, this is when Dante Jones became Dante Jones. Correct. This is when this is the Dante
0: Jones game.
1: Did, uh, everything, all the shackles were gone. He was just playing basketball. He asserted his will. Mississippi State took over early, and that is the theme that will continue to UConn to Cincinnati State jumps out on these teams. And they did it against Kentucky. Now it's number one Kentucky. I remember vividly, vividly seeing the pre game banner uh, on, on CBS Sports. Mm-hmm. Number twenty five Mississippi State, number one Kentucky. Right. And,
0: and who hadn't lost a conference game. They'd only lost once all year at this point. They lost to UMass yeah, in, in the non conference.
1: Really good team and they just got ragdolled.
0: off. Yeah, I mean, you know, state's up five at the break, but like you said, state had it's what Kentucky their their formula is pretty simple. They came out early. They tried to land a haymaker, and then they would just body blow you the rest of the way. Well,
1: State... you talked about you talked earlier about our depth. Mm-hmm. Kentucky went Kentucky went two lineups deep. Yeah. they went they went ten deep with uh, you're talking Tony the Tony Delks and the Ron Mercer's and the Antoine Walkers of the world. I mean, this was an outstanding team. Jeff Shepard who played a little bit in the NBA. This was a a great team, and they went they went ten deep. They had two different rotations, Yeah, their second team probably would have been second in the SEC. And if the first team didn't exist, they would have won
0: the SEC. They had nine guys in this game play ten or more minutes. Mississippi yeah, State I'm, had had six guys play ten or more minutes, and only Whit Hughes off the bench had 20. All the rest of the starters, except for Russell Walters, played 30-plus. Nobody for Kentucky played 30-plus in this need game. To. We need for Tony to. Dell.
1: We're, we're going chronologically. Mm-hmm. Okay? I feel like we need to stop and, and shout out some guys. Okay, okay, because we we know Eric Dampier, you've you, you've got the you've got the best big man in the history, the best center, true center in the history of your school. You you got a guy who's you know six eleven, muscular, block shots, rebounds, and you know scores around the basket. Right, Russell Walters. Everybody remembers Brandon Vincent as the ultimate glue guy. Mm-hmm. Well. Russell Walters walked so Brandon Vincent could fly. Yeah. Uh, Russell Walters was the original glue guy for a great Mississippi State team. He did, did, all everything, that, he did everything that nobody else wanted to do, yeah. and, and he did it very, very well. If the yeah. ball came off the backside, he's the one that was putting it back in for the basket. Of course, we talked about Dante. Bullard got better with every game. Mm-hmm. Darryl Wilson, uh, we talked about Dante so much. Dante, Dante, Dante. I mean, Darryl Wilson's one of the best players in school history. Too. Yes. And then and,
0: uh, you got like Whit Hughes, you know, another, another, another glue guy, another guy who, you know, set screens and got rebounds and played defense. It, it's sort of hard to believe that this guy who, you know, from Jackson prep, yeah. I mean, had, had the, the, the fraternity look, is now like one of the, I think he's a lobbyist now for the Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy was one of the toughest players in the SEC. Can
1: I just, can we just look something up? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Whit Hughes was Jackson Academy. Um, let's see here. Let's just decide this. Let's let's see. We're going to determine the amount of the bet after you say the answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to... He doesn't have a Wikipedia page, believe it or not.
1: Well, we can find it out. We ought to be able to find his bio somewhere.
0: Whit Hughes. I'm going to LinkedIn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're you're Uh, finding all those professional accolades.
0: (laughs) It doesn't say. It doesn't say what it is, so... It may have been somebody Jackson. out
1: there knows. I think it's Jackson Academy.
0: I mean, it could be. It's one of the two. Well, I'm you pretty certainly
1: sure. spoke. You spoke with great authority the way you said it.
0: I mean, is this is this how it's going to be? We're gonna, you know, you're gonna make me look bad here.
1: No, I'm not making you look bad. I, oh. I said, no. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. It's I, you're right. No you are correct.
0: You, are, you know what? You're correct here because I found an article about Mackie Edmondson, who was one of the walk-ons on that team, who lived in my dorm as a freshman. Uh, teammates with Whit Hughes, so yes, he did go to Jackson Academy. That
1: was a very roundabout way to do it. Well, I mean, that's all I could find. How'd you find, find that that quickly? I found uh, yeah. I googled Whit Hughes I, Jackson I, I found,
0: Academy, and then after I got past his LinkedIn page, I scrolled down a little bit.
1: I find I found an article about Mackie Evans. you know Mackie?
0: I do know Mackie. Good guy. Uh, okay,
1: whatever. Okay, all right.
0: Great three point shooter. Right. Uh, okay. But, yeah, this this was a team that had the right mix of stars and role players that you need yes. to make this kind of run. You had three stars, Bullard could have become a star, and then you had Walters, Hughes, Heisch, and Washington. Who, they just understood their roles.
1: Bullard had star ability. Yes. And, uh, and, and, you know, whatever. We don't need to go down that road. But right. uh, when you have stars like that, if Dante is not – Darrell Wilson's going to save you, as we as happened in the regular season. Right. is going to be steady. But what happened in the postseason, why Mississippi State went from the number 25 team to, for three weeks, maybe the best team in the country, was all three stars got to clicking together.
0: Right. What's interesting about this Kentucky game to me, State scores 84 points, but only two guys were in double figures.
1: That's Dante and Darrell Wilson.
0: Darrell Wilson had 22, Dante had 28. Nobody else had more than eight, and you know, guess who had eight?
1: Um, I'm probably guess Walters.
0: Russell Walters had eight points. Dampier had six, but he had ten rebounds. Uh, Bullard had six. Whit Hughes had six. Bart Heisch had six. Um,
1: I just uh, the the couple plays I remember. uh, I think this is the game where Dante hits a three, Mm -hmm. and as he's running down the floor, Kentucky calls timeout, and he gives it that exaggerated. Yeah, If you remember yes. what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly what you're talking about. And, and it's one of the images that's burned into my mind from that season. It was it was that. That was when you play Kentucky in the SEC Tournament Championship game, you're usually not the team skipping. Yes. And that was the, the moment I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, hold on. And then the second moment I remember is Jeff Shepard got the wrong idea in the second half. Jeff, Jeff Shepard decided, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go up and I'm going to dump the ball on Eric Dampier.
0: Yeah, it didn't work and out for
1: that, that was a poor idea. That was poorly thought out.
0: I remember uh, two things about, about this. First off, Whit Hughes had a uh, – it may have been Bart Heiss now that I think about it. Uh, a a last-second shot, the, the ball came off the rim at the at – the, uh, or the ball comes off the backboard. It doesn't hit the rim, and he has to put it back in without a whole lot of, of thought. And it goes in. That was sort of one of those, okay, maybe it is Mississippi State's day kind of shots. I also remember a couple of times in this game they ran an inbounds play where Dampier would sort of loiter at the half-court line, and then he would just take off on a post pattern, and they would get him for an easy dunk. And Richard Williams talked about that with us last week. He said, you know, when you have a team that wants to press, you're going to have to go over the top sometimes and we had a guy in, in Dampier who could, who could give us that but but Dante Jones is a star one of the other stars of this game by the way is Bill Rafferty's commentary about Dante Jones
1: Oh yeah there uh what does he say uh what's the line
0: He has a bunch that of
1: man them uh, A long
0: came Jones Along
1: long came Jones yeah I remember There's that, that he, he says yeah.
0: that there's a shot that uh that Dante takes where he does like a little turnaround fadeaway fade away off the baseline yeah. and he just I, sh- I can always I can just hear him say it Oh, it's a tough shot. Oh, what did you have for breakfast this morning, Dante? That's right. Yeah. And then the other yeah. one where he he does something. And he goes, "Oh, come on. He must have gone to early services."
1: Like, oh yeah, I remember that. Is there one where he just
0: goes, "Ugh"? <laughs> yeah. It's just Dante was just making shots like that the whole yeah. game. And so, Stan, no, I
1: remember that fadeaway. That fadeaway was so feathery soft. It's, it's incredible.
0: It's tough. Tough shot to make. And then what happens in this game is the opposite of what happened in Starkville. It's State that goes on the run and pushes yeah. the lead out to 18 points, and yeah. they end up just sort of holding on there and, and end up winning, you know, 84-73 um, is the final. This was – the you know, I, I'm not old enough uh, to remember uh, the, the 80 game, the 63 Alabama yeah. game. So this, to me, is the biggest upset that I can remember as a Mississippi State fan.
1: You know what made what gave it that extra punch? Um, you know, State had had big wins before, but this was thorough. This was there was no fluke, there was no doubt. Mississippi State walked onto the court of the better team. They spent forty minutes being the better team. And they walked off the better team, and that's when. You know, we were on a high. I remember getting in my Ford Probe, my 93 Ford Probe, and riding around the neighborhood. You brag much? You the had 10. a 93
0: Ford Probe. You bragging much? My God, humble a brag.
1: It was a terrible car. And I <laughs> drove around. And I remember them playing We Are the Champions after Jack's broadcast went off, and it was just a goosebump moment. And if you you remember this, so it's Sunday. It's 3 o'clock, it's 4 o'clock. Selection Sunday is coming. Selection show is coming in an hour or two hours. Yeah, yeah. And... All of a sudden, your wheels are spinning. Like this team. Wait a minute. They just beat number one. They can. They can do something. Yeah. And I remember the next day there was a show. And I don't know whatever happened to her, but she was on ESPN or ESPN two. She was called the fabulous sports babe. Yeah, you the yeah. Fabulous yeah. Sports day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she looked like you. She was unfortunate looking, but she was she was on the show and she uh, <laughs> she was uh, healthy gal. Woo! She, I remember her saying exactly. She said. Ah, don't give me that Mississippi State. They got their big win. They're going to be quickly out of this tournament. I oh, think yeah. I'm thinking, oh, you mother, and, and you know, we, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I
0: remember uh, of my core group of friends. One of us had to work that Sunday. He didn't get to watch this game.
1: Yeah, so in you the, the uh, you're in the Russian mail order girls that you're talking exactly. about. exactly.
0: So I call her and I'm like, Sivieta. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I call I called him. And I'm like. Hey, do you want to know what happened? And he had been avoiding it. You know, this was obviously. Wait, did you
1: did you talk to him? Like, did you say it like
0: that? Yeah. I said, yeah. Do you want to know what happened? I was very deadpan about it. No. And you know, it, this is obviously 1996. There's no Twitter. There's no watching the game yeah. on your phone. And he he pauses and he says, "Yes." And I was like, "We won, 84 to 73." And he just goes, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and he hangs up, and he told me. He said later, he's like, "I started screaming at work and jumping up and down." So good yeah. times, yeah. So you go, you go to this selection uh, show, and you're the five seed, which is what you were a season ago. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you you got some interesting matchups here because you're matched up in the second round. If, if the chalk holds, you're going to play UCLA again, a team that knocked you out a season ago. And then if you yeah. you know you get past that, you're looking ahead. There's UConn with Ray Allen, so you're thinking, "Gosh, yeah. you know, this is a team probably." It's gonna to be tough to get to the Sweet 16, and it would definitely be very tough to get beyond that.
1: And so the first, the first big win for Mississippi State in the tournament belonged to
0: Virginia Commonwealth. Nope.
1: the first big win for Mississippi State in the NCAA tournament belonged to Princeton.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Princeton. So yeah, I'm getting to that in just a second. So, yeah, you, you play Virginia Commonwealth, and Richard Williams talked about this. He said, you know, didn't play well, and it was a struggle. You know, and you had to really. 58-51?
1: Yeah, I no, right? you're correct,
0: yeah. and. Uh, you have to you know, really grind out the win there. Um, yeah. But you get the win, and now you're going to move into the second round. And then what you mentioned, Princeton, in one of the all-time great upsets uh, in the NCAA tournament history, knocks out the defending national champions and will play Mississippi State.
1: So, so, I, I have two things here,
0: and I, I, meant okay. to, I, I meant to ask Darrell Wilson this when we talked to him, but I didn't. But do you think there was some sort of level of, for Mississippi State, they probably wanted to play UCLA, they wanted to get that revenge?
1: I know that's what a competitor is supposed to say. Right, but <laughs> but but the second Princeton knocked them out. Yeah, I mean that, that that's just it's got to be a relief. Like right, yeah, let, yeah, we want to play them. Oh man, they're not there. Oh, could there have been
0: a worse matchup for Princeton?
1: I just remember it was well look we'll at the Princeton game, but I remember was Pete Carell last year. Pete yeah, Carell, the Princeton coach. Yeah, his last year, legendary so, like, coach. A I guess ucla is gonna be his last game well they went 4341 I remember the back door cut by gabe Blue Ellis to win that game I believe Look at you we were we were the early game they were the late game yes so we had already won we were we were in the we were in our pocket and we're just watching and I just remember when Kristen won I'm like well sweet 16 where is it yeah and come out the next and then let's be honest uh, so UCLA loses forty three forty one. UCLA is defending national champion. And there is some measure of well, you got to respect Princeton, but at this point, Mississippi State's play on the court wasn't respecting anybody. Right. It was. I, I just. It was a whipping.
0: Yeah. I mean, and they just didn't have anybody to contend with. State's size and athleticism. Sixty three forty one. 41 is the final score, and State advances to the Sweet Sixteen for the second straight year. They're going to Rupp Arena. You know, you think yeah. about where the where these these games are played these days. I mean, it's hard to believe there, there was a Sweet Sixteen game played at Rupp Arena. Um, yeah. And you're going to play UConn, and you're going to play Ray Allen, one of the top teams in the country. Ray Allen, number you, one seed, number one overall seed. And at this point, you can start playing the uh, "nobody believes in us" kind of thing. And and that's yeah. I think that's what I think that's what they went into this game. I think they went into this game thinking nobody respects Mississippi State, even though you've beaten Kentucky. And it sort of goes back to that. I think you don't beat UConn without beating – if State had just gotten into the tournament and everything else had played the same, but they had lost that game to Kentucky, I don't know that you can beat UConn. But they knew they could beat UConn because they had beaten a team that was better than them in Kentucky.
1: So you got got Ray Allen, Deron Sheffer, I think maybe Travis Knight for this UConn team. Uh, UConn would end up winning some national titles later but this was just a team that was historically around that one-two seed line that hadn't really broken through yet. Mm -hmm. And Ray Allen, one of the better players in the country. And, again, like Kentucky, Mississippi State comes from the opening tip and just jumps on
0: them. Yeah. And State in this game, Ray Allen plays 40 minutes in this game. Yeah. And gets 22 points, but he does it Kobe style. He gets a 9 of 25 shooting. Uh, That's big of you. Man, I'll be the first one to tell you that Kobe was a volume scorer. There's no question about that. I mean, this was a, a a really good UConn team. State holds them to 32 percent shooting.
1: Well, maybe that's something we haven't talked about at all, really yet. Um, so at this point, you've now played three. You played three games in the NCAA tournament. You've given up 51, 41, and 55. Right. And that's unheard of. That's that's elite defense. And we were talking about Dante being a star offensively. You know, Russell Walters takes the back seat to nobody defensively. Sam mm-hmm. Pierce, is one of the best defensive players in school history. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to be on the out – I'd hate to be a point guard with Marcus Bullard guarding me. Yeah. And this is a we, – we, we talk about this team in offensive terms, but defensively, when they turned it on, they were elite.
0: And, and that's what, one of the things that, you know, again, Coach Williams talked about. He said, this team became great when Dante Dante Jones started playing defense. And that's what's yeah. happening here. Dante Jones is playing. And you said, you said you'd hate to be the one gu- being guarded by Marcus Bullard. That's who got Ray Allen in this game. You know, Darrell Wilson yeah. did not have him. They, they put Marcus on him, and Bullard just hounded him for not. Yeah. Bullard, is, in my opinion, obviously, you know, just talking about the modern era, is the second greatest defender in Mississippi State history as far as guards go, behind uh, Winsome Frazier.
1: Yeah, it would it would be hard. I'd really have to rack my brain to even try to come up with somebody. I mean, Zimmerman good,
0: Bowers good, but yeah. for me, that's that's the number one guy. It's Winsome and then and then Marcus Bullard. He just he could just lock you down so, so easily. Well, he
1: was just he was just tough as hell. Yeah. I mean, he was he, he brought the toughness to that team. That uh, you know, Dampier was obviously tough, but Bullard brought the toughness mm-hmm. on the yeah, outside. They had a ton of those
0: was guys with Wilson was tough, but Russell, Russell Walters and Dampier. They were, they were, this, this team had a collection of guys you didn't want to fight.
1: No, no, I, I would not want to fight any, any
0: man, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I, I get that. but uh, So they beat Connecticut, and now you're on to the Elite Eight. This is again – Well,
1: let's talk about our feelings here now. So, well, do, I'll tell you mine. I know yours was getting in the car, right?
0: we get in the car. You know, we watched the yeah. game in Starkville. Uh, yeah. State wins. We look at each other. Let's go. And I went back to my dorm. I was living in Evans Hall at the time. Uh, packed a bag, and uh, yep. off we went. Went with no money. I want to point this out. Now, you know, I had no money. My good friend Ryan Nelson floated me. He, this is, you know, back in the day, so he just kept a little yep. notepad on him. Anywhere we went, he just wrote down the total.
1: Yep. So, um, so you, you get in the car. I don't. I don't really have a means. I'm seven. I'm sixteen. You could have, I, you I could really have, have
0: drove that Ford Probe right up there. What are you talking about? I, I,
1: I could have, but I just didn't have. You know, I didn't have a Ryan Nelson in my life at this time. <laughs> so, I everybody needs I, uh, one. I have met Ryan, and I, I agree. I, I would like to have Ryan Nelson in my life right now. Well, yeah. Anyway, I, I just remember watching it, and just like, well, I just they won was the actual title. I, yeah. I just, this, they just this. I think I felt better after the UConn win than I felt after Kentucky game. because because this was you speak number one seed in the tournament where it matters, and I mean look, people are teams are falling all around you, and you're standing, and you're playing better than anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point State's playing better than anybody in the country. They they're the That's, hottest team.
1: Absolutely. There's no doubt about that.
0: So, sets up a Sunday matchup with Cincinnati. Interesting yep. matchup because you know, Cincinnati is not you're not you're talking about just over the river from, from yep. Lexington. So, I mean, not so a lot of UC fans there. I remember seeing them. But also a lot of Kentucky fans in the arena and they are all 100% for Mississippi State.
1: See, I don't know that I've ever understood that
0: this, this was the, this was back in the day where when people chanted SEC they really meant and plus Kentucky fans they didn't like Cincinnati and they didn't like okay, Huggins that makes sense. but they were very much in MSU's court for this one
1: because you know you're two weeks removed from Mississippi State just pulling your pants down and you know you, well I think they wanted a rematch I think they wanted to see state again I guess that makes sense but boy I wanted that rematch too oh I did too uh, yeah uh, so so yeah Mississippi State um and and again as, as the theme, they just they just jumped on them early. Yeah. And, and this was another and this is so the Kentucky game was a Dante game. I remember this being a very big Dante game as well. Correct.
0: Yeah, you're correct. Uh, double double for him, 23 points and, tw- and 13 rebounds. Uh shoots uh 7-11 from the field. Just just I mean, fantastic. How many did Daryl
1: have? Darrell has
0: 16 points. Not his best shooting night, though. Uh, was really good. He had nine of 12 free throws, one of six from behind the yard, But had a huge three-pointer late in the game where, where Cincinnati was making a run. Uh, Bullard has 11. Him? Do you want? Yeah, where he banked it in. Yeah. And I, I will sort of go ahead a little bit here, but State did a thing after this where they had uh, Darrell and Coach Williams and somebody else. And they did sort of a night where Jim Ellis hosted it, and they, and they, they talked about all these games. And they showed this shot, and, and uh, Richard Williams looks at Daryl and goes, what, what, what do you want to say about that shot? And Daryl just looks at him and goes, clutch.
1: <laughs> it
0: went in, didn't it? It went in, didn't it? That's all you could say. I also remember that because uh, somebody, they had a Q&A, and somebody asked, do you, do you anticipate Eric or Dante coming back next year? And uh, Richard goes well with Eric. You know he's going through the process right now, and we, we you know, probably going to go. We'll see. As far as Dante goes, he didn't come back from New York. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so, I he's,
0: so he's gone.
1: I haven't seen Dante. <laughs> yeah,
0: Dante, Dante never never made it back to Starkville.
1: Uh, I remember uh, Richard Williams doesn't get enough credit for how funny he is, but uh, I remember at the banquet that year, which was in the Hump. Um, he was giving away the academic award for the team. I think he gave it to Whit Hughes, Bart Eich, or whatever. And then he turned and looked dead at Dante and said, Dante, yours is in the mail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Cincinnati, you know, that, that's a good Cincinnati team. I, I like how Richard Williams referred to them as, you know, they had a bunch of tight ends. Playing from Danny Fortson, who played a long time in the, in the NBA, had a big game. He had 24 and 13. Art Long played in the NBA, good big center. But Dampier really knew. He was
1: a very good player for them.
0: Yeah, had 11 points in this game. But And off the bench, Darnell Burton was a big player for them. Uh, he uh, was uh, he had 17 points. His is the only stat line that you look at it and it makes sense in today's game. He was 5 of 16 from behind the arc. Nobody yeah. else shot more than six three-pointers in this game. State as a team only shot 16. You think about this MSU team you think, that was a good three-point shooting team. They were 5 of 16. Yeah. And that was a, probably a pretty decent game for them. Outside of the, the Kentucky game, or Daryl hit seven uh, three pointers. For the most part, back then, if you hit five or six three pointers in the game, you were doing good.
1: I, I think I remember this game for when Cincinnati. I don't think they ever got real close, but no. I, I think they were kind of making a little move, and then and for some reason, Tyrone Washington comes in and hits a couple of shots. Yes. And and, and I just remember it was a turnaround fade away. They hit the front of the rim and a bounce in, and then you have another one. And Tyrone Washington had a couple of. Huge shots to give Dampier, because any break you could give here was, was great.
0: Yeah, Tyron Washington had and, seven points in 11 minutes. There's so three or four shooting in this game.
1: Yeah, yeah, he came in and, and, he, and he did the old, you know, it was kind of Holly. He came in and gave me some very, very important um, shots there. And, and Damper came back in at the end, had the breakout dunk, and here we go. We're off and running.
0: And so, yeah, you get the win by 10 points here. Mississippi State 73.
1: 73 63?
0: 73 63 is the final score. Uh, of this one, and so now you're off to the Final
1: Four. Oh my God! I just that moment, Brian. I just have never. I don't think I've ever felt it again. I, I, I guess waking up and seeing Mississippi State number one in football. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Final Four is big now. It feels like it was bigger then. Uh, yeah. the, the Final Four is was just the ultimate, maybe my favorite sporting event. Mm-hmm. And here we go, Mississippi State's going to it. And I know you and I have different stories here, but. I got to tell my story of uh, I, I, I went to the airport. Yeah. I, I went uh, my friend, me, Jay Jackson, John Odom, Alan Brown. I think Rebecca Henshaw went with us. Scott Thompson. We all we all got in somebody's car and we headed down to the airport and the Golden Triangle Regional Airport. And we parked in the parking lot. We got there a little early, and there were I don't know I don't know how many people got there, but I would say at least a thousand. Just Mississippi State fans. Uh, you weren't there, were you?
0: No, I, I was. I was I was driving back. We were, we you ever heard car. about
1: it? You ever you ever heard about this night? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just unbelievable. People hanging off the second balcony there, people everywhere, and I'm just right there. I remember I got a high-five from Tyrone Washington. I got a high-five from Daryl Wilson. I remember afterwards uh, going outside and Greg Carter, who's a friend of mine, Tyson Carter's dad, was assistant coach on the team. Yes. Uh, he, he had gotten left by the team bus, and uh, he was looking around. He was lost. We ended up helping him get to a car. They could take him back to Starkville. It was insane. It was one of my favorite moments as a state fan ever just tearing up the Golden Triangle Regional Airport in celebration of this game.
0: I remember hearing about the it wasn't a riot on campus but there were there was like a parade of cars driving around campus, toilet papering trees and, and things yeah. of that nature. I am on the road you know me and the Nelson brothers and uh, our good friend Brian Mcduff are headed back uh, through the night you know we, we didn't stay the night there. We, we left the game. Uh, and headed straight back home to Starkville. This is the game that spawned my, I think I talked about this on the radio last week, my one and only trip to the Dean of Students because yeah. my my friend McDuff sold his student ID. I figure the statute of limitations is up here. Sold his student ID to a scalper for 50 bucks, and I wasn't going to go to the Final Four because, like I said, I had no money. I wasn't going to do this again. And... Uh, they got they got to the start well they found out you had to have a student ID to buy your buy tickets for this so I had to go stand in line and I gave him my ID so it went to New York and there was a lot of controversy about that and whatever they took a bus to New York they took there was a, a bus that was chartered
1: I remember going through the motions and trying to get to New York but not not being able to pull it off um, and you know what that Cincinnati game that that was the end of the season season's over all right that, that's it what a good talk that was yeah.
0: Here's what I would say about this, the, the, the final game, to we are going to talk about it. State scores you know, a, a, a very nice 69 points in this game, and you would think the way they've played the rest, the, 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 the pre, yeah. the rest of this postseason, that's going to be enough to win. But it wasn't. They, they, you know, they played really bad defensively, and they turned the ball over too many times, and specifically uh, I mean, Marcus Bullard. And that's where I want to come back to my question from the beginning. Bullard, you know, Bullard, for all his, his – he did for you, he was not a true point guard. If TJ yep. Honore is on this team, do they win the national championship?
1: Is is Bullard on the
0: team? Bullard is still on the team, but he's now it's, he's coming off the bench as as you know instant I offense. Know,
1: I, I, I don't know. if you'll get to the Syracuse game without Marcus Bullard playing huge minutes. Okay. I I don't know if you've. I mean,
0: it's like one of those. If I can are, if I can put TJ Honore in this game, yes. In this
1: game, sure. In this game, sure. But it, against UConn, if Marcus Bullard attached to the bench and DJ Honore's guard, the point guard, Darrell Wilson's guard, and Ray Allen, you lose that game. Yeah, probably so. So I, I just – no, I, I, I think for this game, you know, it got away nine turnovers from Bullard, you know, whatever, led rumors be rumors. I don't know, but yeah. it just
0: – He had eight assists, they, too. He was almost one bad. for one.
1: They, they, they played bad, and yeah. State was a better team than Syracuse. They lost the game, and we'll never know what would have happened against Kentucky. I know they would have come in knowing they could beat us, and we would have come in knowing we could beat them. So who knows, but it I, ended that night.
0: I had forgotten that this game was tied at the half.
1: No, I remember State had played bad. State yeah, played bad and it was, and, and it was tied, and you're thinking,
0: okay, I watched this game at the hump. They yeah. set up a giant big-screen TV there. There were probably two or 3,000 people in there. And, you know, states played poorly, and you're thinking, gosh, they played that bad, and they're tied, they're going to roll them in the second half. And it, it was the yeah. other way around. Here's another inter- fun stat here. Uh, off the bench, state played three guys, and Syracuse played two, and the five guys combined for two points. This was all yeah, the that starters.
1: And it, it makes sense. It just, it was what it was. Yeah. State went up there, and they, they lost, and the magical season came to an end, but what a, what a freaking run.
0: Yeah. And it's such a flash, in, you know, I hate to say flash in the pan, but it's they've never been close to it since.
1: No, and, and it felt like um, you know, you felt like Richard would you knew next year would be a, a rebuilding year because you were losing, you lost two first-round picks, Daryl and Daryl Wilson.
0: And you didn't year. know you were losing Marcus Bullard at the time.
1: No, you didn't. So you were, you were basically starting over, but you figured Richard would was uh, reload because he had lost everything in '91. He won the SEC '91, reloaded and built to that. So mm-hmm. you thought he might do it again, and then. Of course, uh, he he wasn't the coach any longer, and Stansberry took over, and mm-hmm. it looked like he was about to build something to get back. And of course, it never happened. But right, you know, sports are sports are hard. It's hard to get through a Final Four.
0: The uh, the thing I remember the, the next season, State played in a tournament called I think Directv sponsored the Elite Great 8 8 tur- 8. the Great Eight tournament, and they yeah, had the teams that looking. were in the Elite Eight the year before, and State yeah. got matched up with Wake Forest and Tim Duncan. And, yep. you know, State was out there with, remember, Derek Jones and mm-hmm. uh, a Tang Hamilton and those guys. I mean, they just – they they had no chance. And they lost – I think I, – I want to say they lost by 50. It was really, really ugly. Not
1: sure. I don't think Tang's there yet.
0: You might be right. I mean, I, I know that team was very, very young. What I mean, Markel Patterson maybe?
1: No, I was – That later was, too? Yeah. yeah, you're
0: right. You're right. It late. I I, I would have
1: been later. I am gonna say uh, – Todd Miles? I, I – no, I don't think so either. I, 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 I think – I don't know. I'd have to look up that team. Horatio Webster for
0: sure. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about the big train. Yeah. I think Bart
1: Heich might have been starting. Bart, Bart Heich Yeah, might he would have been. And Tyrone more
0: Washington more. would have been starting too.
1: Yeah. So so. so here I, I'm
0: pulling up the back. roster here. Let's let's let's, yeah, let's go blast the 96, past 96, here. Team. All right. Uh, here we go. Here's here's your here's your here's your starting here's your here's your team here's your, your guys that matter. Horatio Webster, Bart Heich, yeah. Trey Moore. Trey
1: Moore. Yep.
0: Tyrone yep. Washington, Whit Hughes, Derek Jones, Quentin Smith. Vicksburg, Mississippi, T.J. Yeah. Bullups, Terry Lawyer, and Early Smith.
1: Oh, they're all good men, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but Smith, Billups, Lawyer, and Jones are all freshmen. Moore and Webster are JUCO transfers. I mean, the only two guys I, that are, are back, or the three guys that are back, are, are Hughes, Tyrone, and Heish, and they played, you know, maybe 10 minutes yeah. a game. So, yeah. just – Start it, it, over. It really was a, a When you talk about a moment, there may never be another one like it. You know, that, yeah. and that's it, it, that's why I'm glad I'm glad I got to be alive and be a part of it. To be totally honest with you.
1: But at least now we have we have gotten uh, we've gotten another basketball program to the Final Four level. Uh, been to the uh, championship game two of the last three years. We have got the coach and all the players coming back. So we're going to make another run this year. I have, I game. I have terrible just, news. We're going to be ready. We're going to we're we got the best team coming back, and it's going to be incredible.
0: Are you talking about, are you talking about the women? Because I got some bad news.
1: No, yeah, the women's basketball team. Uh, yeah. Schaefer has got. Oh, a oh.
0: Well, I'll tell you about. I'll tell you about that off air. Don't worry about that.
1: Okay. Well, okay. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not that. It's not bad, is it?
0: No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Sorry. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything <laughs> like that. So, all right. Next week on the deep dive, we're going to talk about Mississippi State, nineteen ninety-eight football, the SEC West championship season. One of the.
1: Eh, if, and, if ever a five loss we would, go ahead the week after we would do the 1992 swimming and diving Bulldogs.
0: ball. The, 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 the water dogs who could forget them
1: <laughs> Oh, the old water dogs
0: the old water dogs led Uh-oh. by led by torpedo jones but we'll dive into that next week uh, Brian
1: hates the – Brian actually hates doing these because I get myself in trouble with my words, and he has to stop. I have to stop and, to stop and, and do the, the yeah.
0: If you knew how much uh, editorial work was going into this one. It, it's, not, it's not quite keep it 100 level yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So yeah. I haven't had to take all out a right. whole 10-minute whole rants yet. <laughs> Anything else? Nope, very good. For Brandon Walker, i Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive. Be back next week.